0: This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: It is Kenny and Heilprin on a Thursday night, NFL draft night. We're leading you up to the draft. Bill Michaels draft show starting at seven o'clock on many of these same stations. I'm here in our in our studio in Madison, Zach Heilprin is up there in Green Bay covering the draft. Zach, good evening. Good evening, Ben. Um, So, big story. I guess we're going to lead with it. Mark Emmert steps down. I don't think there's anything else to talk about.
0: (laughs) Do you care? Um, No. You know who does care? Uh, I know who does care, though. A lot of of, uh, administrators around the college sports landscape. I can tell you that. I'm sure that they are more than happy that Mark Emery is on his way out, because if you're going to change the entire system, if you're going to change the way that the NCAA is run, and which is really what uh, a lot of people are trying to do, and changing with the model that uh, that we're going to get into, obviously, changing the model that uh, college athletics is in, he needed to go, because he needed a guy that's going to be able to uh, change with the times, and Mark Emery, certainly not it. The way that uh, he has dragged his feet the last, what, every, since since he took over? Forever? I mean, he's, I mean, he's dragged his feet, yes. I mean, he's dragged his feet in this whole process, and it's uh, it's led to what is a little bit of a a crap show um, that we're going to get talked about here in a bit.
1: Yeah. Do I care that he has stepped down? No. I mean, he was pretty much a glorified PR guy. He was the mouthpiece really for all of the administrators, for the schools, for the TV networks, all that stuff. So, I mean, whoever comes in is going to be faced. Everyone's going to dislike him. It's like being the MOB commissioner. It's a, it's an impossible job. You get paid a lot and then everyone hates you. But I say that jokingly, that was a big story. I, I don't really want to speculate who's going to take over. Like I, I don't think I could really it's, pinpoint somebody. It's impossible, but we'll see whatever happens. Who, would want to, who would, as you just said, who wants that job? Like uh, we've already seen people come
0: out and say, like, no, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Like they, they, a lot of people that would probably be in position and be able to do it are like, why, why? Like what? People aren't gonna like me if I go and do this job. I'm gonna. It, I think Mark Emmert made like, I think made like two point nine million, three million dollars, which is awesome mm-hmm. money, but like considering where some of these other people are coming from, it's probably a, a pay decrease. Like if you're the sec commissioner, I think he was a guy that was thrown out there. Like he's, that would be a pay decrease and a whole lot more headaches. Like it just wouldn't make sense.
1: Right. What would your price be to take that job? Oh, I'd do it for 3 million. I mean, I do it
0: I I do it for about a dollar over what I make right now. That's just, I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like that, no, um, it wouldn't be much. I'll say that it would not be a lot of money. Like it, I I don't care. I mean, I people hate me now. Like it's uh, yeah, I don't, not on a national <laughs> level. It's you only have to on move a, to Indiana. On local, I don't mind Indianapolis. I like Indianapolis. Like I, I see people trashing Indianapolis. Like oh well, at least someone's someone's like oh at least somebody gets to live in New York. Like no, I'd much rather live in Indianapolis than New York. I agree you. with that. Um, I know you're. I yeah, I know you're from. Where you're, you know, being from Philly that area, like, uh, you maybe you don't, maybe you like the big city, but I, I'd be okay with Indianapolis. Indianapolis is big enough for me.
1: Yeah, no, I like big cities. I despise New York. I'd rather live in Indy, no doubt. But oh, uh, the real that's story. Right.
0: That's forget forgot about that. Yeah,
1: I uh, so so I lead with it's that. All, it's all sports related. That's all sports related. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the city itself. None, no, none at all. Um, I have family <laughs> there though. I enjoy visiting them. Like it's okay being there. I I can't say I'm a big fan of that city. It's it's too big and tall. That's no one wants to hear my thoughts on New York. That's a that's a show for another day. But the big story. So, Colton Bartholomew, Madison. dot com. The State Journal put out an article earlier this week. I chatted with Chris McIntosh, Wisconsin AD, about where Wisconsin is at in terms of NIL. Now, that's obviously swept up the college football, especially college football, but also college athletics. It swept up that world since the Supreme court voted nine, nothing, which Zach, by the way, I don't think it's possible to have the Supreme court vote nine, nothing on something. Like I am amazed well, that it happens. I know, but uh, to be Mark Emmert, we're talking about that. How, how do you go fill the shoes of yeah. Mark Emmert when he was the guy that was on the <laughs> other side of a nine, nothing Supreme court decision. Hey, it's it's uh it's probably probably it's, it's it's rare
0: so I mean it's 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 very rare that that happened but yeah I mean like what, what are the expectations for you uh, just uh, you lose eight to one and the next you know ruling that uh, the NCAA is up in front of the Supreme Court which will be what like 30 40 years down the line yeah uh, yes it's uh it is a very rare occurrence for Something to happen, uh, a 9-0 ruling like that. But, uh, yeah, it made sense.
1: So, yeah, NIL pretty much sweeps up the college football world. And now especially, we are seeing, you already saw the whole Caleb Williams thing. He signs with USC. He has a deal with Beats. He has a bunch of deals as soon as he gets there. We see it here at Wisconsin. You have the Colin Wilder deal. We know Graham Mertz's brand. Um, but it's really uh, paving a way, I guess, in recruiting. There were reports recently that a quarterback in the class of 2023 took pretty much $8 million throughout his career to go sign with Tennessee. Uh, So it's something that is significant in the college football world, both in the season of the sport and in recruiting. So Colton's article, it goes through. uh, Wisconsin launched a new marketplace. They call it the UW marketplace. And Zach, I'm I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be the pessimist when I'm going through what was written here and, and the takeaways from it, because I see the marketplace part. Colton writes a a great section about where Wisconsin is going to compete. And the marketplace is fine to me. It's fine. It's uh, whatever. It's good. They made it. But what stuck out to me here is where they're not going to compete. And I'm going to read a couple excerpts from it. Colton writes that uh, badger brass draws lines. That others won't in an effort to stick to core beliefs not always shared across the landscape of college sports. Goes on to say where Wisconsin is not going to be competing is that uh, UW uh, is helping its enrolled athletes compete in the space. But they don't put dollar figures in front of a transfer recruit like Caleb Williams or a high school prospect. Using NIL in recruiting has been a bridge too far for Wisconsin to go cross. Now, Zach, what was your first reaction to it? Because I can sum mine up in a very simple sentence: I feel like the school, the athletic department as a whole, everything relating to it, they're taking the moral high ground in a very, very immoral world. I think they're taking the slow
0: approach to it. They are that. That's my initial thing because Chris McIntosh admitted that he knows that one way or the other, a collective is you know, or some form of it, as he told Colton, is is coming, right? Like, he he acknowledges that. He acknowledges that that is the way that it's going, but um, they want it to be something different than just throwing money uh, on a player's lap, right? Like, that's – that's they they understand that this is what's coming. And to be honest with you, that's kind of what the state of Wisconsin did. Like, they never took – they never had an NIL rule. Like, well, all these other places were passing all these NIL rules last summer. Wisconsin just – Let you know, was hoping that Congress was going to take care of it. The the national Congress, not national (laughs) Congress, but just the Congress in Washington, D.C., was going to take care of it. Like they were going to pass a a law that it was, and it was going to be handled that way. And so that it wouldn't matter what the state law was, there's going to be a national law to it. That never came, and it doesn't look like that's coming anytime soon. So um, I think Wisconsin is, uh, I think Wisconsin's slow playing it. Uh, I think that they're waiting to see how this is all going to play out. But I also um, I also read something to the effect, and I, I want to I have to go find it now. I didn't have it right in front of me. Uh, of kind of how I feel about this, and this is from the the Ringer um, by Kevin Clark, and he yeah, said, I read that. "There seems to be an over there seems to be an overarching fantasy in college sports at the moment that there will be some end of this chapter, that some rule change or regulation will cease this particular arms race." I'm here to help. Nothing is coming to end this. And if you hate it or don't want to play by these new rules, nothing is coming to save you. And that kind of sums up where I'm at when it comes to comes to this. Now, again, I think that eventually uh, we know that there are things in works uh, to, to get Wisconsin on this level. But whether Wisconsin, like, the thing is, and I know it was mentioned in the article, like, people are, flat out just obliterating what was put in place, right? Like they're not even paying attention to anything that's happening that these different schools are going to. And Wisconsin still trying to play by those rules. And they played by the rules pretty much throughout the last 25 years and had a lot of success. But now this stuff is just being done out in public and and no one cares about it. And the NCAA can't do anything about it.
1: So I guess I am trying to differentiate Say because it's been obvious that money has been in play for as long as you could go back in recruiting. Like you had guys that are in the NFL fifteen years ago come out and say pretty much that yeah they were they were paying me throughout the recruiting process. That was happening below the table. We know the Tennessee story with the money in the McDonald's bags. We know the whole Arizona thing in, in basketball. But I guess. How I differentiate it now is everything is not only above board, but you have recruits tagging the the people that run the collective or tagging the big boosters and tagging the big donors when they commit to a school. And that was a, a transfer portal recruit going to Miami in, in basketball, I believe. So I guess why yeah. I say they're, they're taking the moral high ground in an immoral world is that... Yes, Wisconsin will still be Wisconsin, and and I still they still are great at what they do well, and they'll still be able to do it for the most part. But I think there is a bigger difference right now between going all in to what the NIL space is, and the like. The difference is between doing it and not doing it. I think is greater now than say it was back when everything happened below the table. If that makes sense.
0: Well. I- it does, but I, I'm wondering why why spending money is immoral. Um, I don't. I, like, I mean, personally it, it, what's what's, what's immoral what's what's immoral about what is happening? I mean, this is this is a free market. Like this is why why what's immoral about that?
1: Well, I wouldn't call all of that immoral. I guess I just compared to the quote from the article. It says I. They draw lines um, to stick to core beliefs, not always shared. I guess it's not an argument of morality here because I I think Wisconsin thinks that they are trying to do it all the right way, even though some have already jumped all the way in in this extremely unregulated place. I don't really want to call that immoral because it is what it is right now in the sport, and I'm in favor of a lot of it. I think there should be a little bit of structure in place. But I guess it's differentiating what Wisconsin is not doing with what the rest of the college football, say, world is.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously they have not gone and, uh, and gone about it that way. Again, I think he's certainly not, I think Chris McIntosh certainly not. Uh, oblivious to the idea that there is going to be a Wisconsin collective at some point, and I think he is hoping that it, it doesn't look exactly what he's seeing right now. I mean, i there there is going, like, there are people willing to spend money to make this happen. I, um, I, I'm I'll be honest, I, and maybe it's just they don't want their relationship with UW to be strained. I think that was kind of uh, something that, that Colton mentioned that maybe they they want to continue to have those ties to UW, and perhaps cl- putting the collective together is is something that they're they're worried about. And losing those ties, but I I think there's going to be somebody that's going to step up, and there are just way too many, way too many, very rich, very passionate Wisconsin fans that would want to be a part of this and get Wisconsin to compete a, on uh, the same level as a lot of these schools. It's not Texas money, it's not probably SEC money, but there's money there to be spent uh, if if that is something that it comes together, is what I'm saying. Um, so, Eventually it's going to happen, and it's just how does Wisconsin react to that? Um, I don't think we have an answer exactly how they will. He said he wants to work with them, and I think that's – I guess that's a first step. But um, I I will say this. I I think that they're probably, probably, maybe, somewhere, kind of, um, maybe not – I don't want to say regret, but maybe think that they probably should not have shuttered, uh, gone about – Sh- shutting down the Mendota Gridiron Club the way it, it happened.
1: So um, I'll I, say that. You know about that situation more than I do. Can you can you remind like what exactly that timeline looked like? Because I know twenty nineteen it was shut down in January. But what yeah. all went into that?
0: Well so um I so the Mendota Gridiron Club had been around I want to say since the nineteen fifties? I think it was uh, late 40s, early 50s. And it was a club that was just there to support Wisconsin athletics. It, I think you paid like 100 bucks for a, a membership each year, and that money went to support the athletics, uh, went to support the football team. There there was banquets uh, that were filled. I mean, I remember in a previous shot that I had, like doing a, a show there in 2014 with Gary Anderson. Uh, and, and that was like their big thing. But they also had like a golf event and like that type of stuff. Just, Just really, I think it was just trying – for for people that would do it, it was trying to be close to the the school and be close to the program, and and because uh, you know you you draw that closeness to uh, a program to the school you went to, all that good stuff. I don't necessarily think it was it wasn't like the biggest like a, t- a ton of money just flowing in there all the time, um, but it was a good thing to get close to the program. And uh, I know the the reasoning in 2019 for them shutting it down was that uh, that there was. Dynamics and the fundraising aspect of college athletics had changed, and that um, the club changed to the point where the club was no longer able to uh, financially support the football program. But I think what it did was it, it also, by, by going ahead and doing what they did, I, I think that there was also a situation there where, because Paul Chris would, it would be like weekly meetings as well. They would have weekly meetings uh, during the football season, Paul Chris would go and speak. Uh, before him, Gary Anderson. Before him, Brett Bielema, and I think that there was also uh, some apathy there as well to to continue that aspect of it. We know Paul Christ, and again, this is my opinion. I'm not saying this is fact. Uh, this is my opinion. I think that you know, going there each week and speaking in front of those people probably is not something that uh, what was thought of as the best use of their time. And so um, the the place it, it was closed up, and um, I. I you know, I think you'd probably like to have that group right now, uh, the way that this has played out. I think you'd like to have those contacts and those people in place to, to be able to set that up and, um, you know, start raising money through that group again. And right now you don't have that in place. Uh, I have to imagine it's coming again. I don't know. It certainly probably is not going to be directly exactly like the Mendota Gridiron Club. It probably will not be called that. But there there has to be something. uh in place, and I think that there will be because there's just there there there's too much um, there's too much uh, excitement and too much uh, there's people care about Wisconsin football too much to not to, to just fall back to what it was in the 90s or the, I should say the late 80s and, and uh, you know before Barry Alvarez got there. So like that 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 is where I think the Mendota Gridiron Club could help, and I think that if that was in place right now, it would be a much easier transition because you have the relationships between the UW and the
1: club. Right. I I think people care way too much just to have them not compete in this space when it is possible for them to go compete. Um, And I don't think it's a realistic expectation ever to have them go into a room with Texas A&M and be able to outbid is a very strong way to put it. But to be able to sway, say, from a dominant SEC program that really hasn't ever been Wisconsin and never will be. But when you look at Wisconsin in the scheme of, of the Midwest, Ohio State is a power up here. Michigan is debatably a power. I would say they are um, recruiting. Definitely Notre Dame and then Penn state even ventures into this area sometimes as well. So, I, I mean, you have the same powers up here. I think to not compete in this space and not put something together to say scrap the idea that we're not going to use NIL as a recruiting pitch. I think that would make, I don't think it's going to kill what Wisconsin does because they'll still be able to develop, they'll still be well-coached, they'll still play the same brand of football. But first, I think it would make a 2021 recruiting effort repeat nearly impossible. And all the guys that you look at throughout those classes that didn't come from this state, especially I think about Graham Mertz. And you could, yes, his play on the field has not been up to his recruiting billing, but in this era right now, I don't think Wisconsin can go down to Kansas and get a quarterback that highly touted if they're not going to bring some kind of NIL package with them. I just don't think they can.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, to disagree. But again, I think it's also player by player, right? Like, I, w- were other people offering Graham Mertz money out of the table? Do we know that?
1: I would say probably yes, but
0: I have no idea. And so he turned the okay I, I'm not saying that either like I'm saying right. like w- the the money is now above the table the money that we're seeing flowing to these guys is now above the table and I'm not saying that it was at this this level when it was under the table I don't think you know eight million dollars going to that guy was that was it eight million to the Tennessee guy
1: yes uh,
0: I need to find his name yeah, so like so like I don't think I don't I don't think it was like that under the table, but there was money being you know and, and some of those type of things. So I think there's there are certainly guys that are going to still be Wisconsin type guys, and they're going to see the money that Graham has made while being here at Wisconsin. That could potentially with you know I mean a lot of that stuff came before he had I mean it came last fall, coming off a uh, a not so great 2020, and you know he was still able to make quite a bit of money off that of because he's the Wisconsin University of Wisconsin starting quarterback. So. I think that there are still going to be guys that are going to be like, all right, I see what they make once they get there, and I think that's a great, um, that's a that's a great thing for guys that maybe aren't blue trip recruits, guys that turn themselves going from a, a two or three star recruit into, uh, you know, a Joe Schubert or someone like that, like that goes from nothing to being one of the best players in college football. That the stuff at the school, the NIL stuff at the school, is going to be a. Um, a Lucra- uh, not lucrative, but uh, well lucrative, but also attractive for those guys to potentially look at and say, "I can, I can do this once I get to Wisconsin." There's, there's an opportunity for this type of this money. I mean, there were there are multiple people that made, according to to Colton's article, they, multiple people that made six figures yeah. um, in in nil. So, and, and much more that were in the tens of thousands. So, I mean, it's it's possible that lower ranked guys may see that and want to do that. But I, there's also going to be, you know. Guys are just like, I want my money right away. And I want it now. And this is the only way you're going to get me. And, you know, Wisconsin at this point would not get those guys.
1: All right. Last thing uh, before we move on to the NFL draft. And I I guess the last place I would go with this, and that what you just said was something I had argued when NIL first came into existence. I did think that, say, a star could come and be a bigger star money-wise and brand-wise in the state of Wisconsin than a lot of people Estimated, I think people were underestimating the power of the brand and the power of the state because like this is the program in the state you're not going to Michigan or Michigan State where it's divided up in two but I guess the last place I'll take this is I could see a situation let's say Wisconsin's 2022 class in state was absolutely loaded I could see a situation years years in the future if something is not set up um, and if let's say the policy or the thought process hasn't changed, I could see a situation where Notre Dame and the other Midwest powers are able to come into the state and sway another recruit or two just because they are the ones that that have money behind their pitch. Well, the 2022 class was loaded, and uh, they already came in
0: and took some guys. So. That is true. Um. <laughs> that is true, but the wall has been built well, yeah. right? But I think at the same time— well, I mean, Notre could... Dame. Notre Dame— Notre Dame took a guy, Ohio State took a guy, Penn State took a guy. Like they took three people that Wisconsin really, really wanted. Um, not not necessarily desperately needed. Their offensive line is stacked, and so losing the two offensive linemen while not fa- is far from ideal. It's it's not soul crushing, but um, yes, I would agree. I mean, to be able to throw money at guys um, because you're you're right. I, the, the wall, the wall is still there. There's no doubt about that, and I think it it will uh, continue to be that way. But money can affect people. There's no doubt.
1: It's going to create some cracks. All right, we're going to step away, take a quick break. NFL so draft start starting in, NFL. in now about 35 minutes. Where do we see the guys being drafted? Who's going to be the best pro? That's coming up next. It's Kenny and Hyopren. This is Kenny and Hyopren on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back. Kenny and Heilprin NFL draft in about 30 minutes. I think it is safe to say there will be no Wisconsin Badgers taken tonight, uh, nor former Wisconsin Badgers that had transferred away. However, there are a bunch of names that will be going to monitor during the weekend. Zach, I will throw it to you first. I think the answer to the first question is a straightforward one. But who will be the first one taken this weekend? Not Jack Cohn. Uh, you did not need to say that. <laughs> but I know that's what you are thinking of. know uh, it's the Badgers
0: that transferred elsewhere. That's exactly who you. Madison Cohn. That's exactly come who you were thinking now. about. Come on now. Come on now. Reggie Pearson. Jack Cohn. Uh huh.
1: Reggie Pearson's in this draft. No, he's not. But he transferred away.
0: Okay. All right. So he's not. He's not in this draft. All right. I was, I was going to say I missed that. Uh, I'm going to say the first one off the board. Is that what you asked? Right? Yes. Correct yeah uh Leo Chanel Leo Chanel is going to be the first guy off the board it may uh i think it's probably likely going to happen tomorrow night um, i've seen some mock drafts that have him rising uh potentially in the second round but i'm i'm guessing it's probably going to be in the third round at some point i uh i i think a lot of people see what we saw all year and that was just a, an absolute Playmaker, and uh, he, I know he lost some weight to perhaps run a little bit faster, and maybe that makes him a little bit better. I think he's still probably a little bit of a liability in coverage, but I think he's a first and second down linebacker that could go to the outside and get after the quarterback, or even you know rush from the inside. I think he's he is he is a pass rusher uh, on third down for sure. If he's not, if they don't feel comfortable dropping him in coverage, but yeah, he's going to be the first one off the board. I think that I think that's pretty easy to say at this point.
1: I completely agree. I don't think it'll be very close. I think the next batch may be taken closer to each other. Day three guys. But, I mean, Chanel's just a football player, right? It sounds cliche to say, but like, all he does when he is on the field is make plays and make an impact. And he obviously perfectly fit Jim Leonard's defense. But, uh, yeah, he is definitely going to be the first guy. This one's a little tougher, and I think it can go a lot of ways. And it will end up bringing us through all the guys that are going to be taken but who do you think will become the best pro? And I want to differentiate that from uh, most longevity. Who will be who will have the best professional career of all of the guys eligible for the draft?
0: I mean, Chanel would be the w- would make sense as him. I mean, he's the guy that's coming off the board the first because you think you think he's the best player. Uh, but I think a, a sneaky one is Logan Bruss, just because he's going to move into si- inside to guard. I think he played pretty well there in 2020 uh for wisconsin i think he's got enough strength i certainly think he's athletic enough and you know we've seen some uh wisconsin guys that have played a ton of football at wisconsin go on and play a ton of football in the nfl especially on the long the offensive line if you think about uh you know david edwards you know moving inside from tackle to guard and you know was on this was on the super bowl winning chant uh rams team this year so you know, I, I think he's a guy that could potentially surprise. Um, if I'm not going to take the obvious one and say Leo Chanel, I guess I'll say Logan Bruss. Um, but another one that's sneaking up there and that maybe is in the next category that you're going to ask about, uh, but I'll throw him out here anyways, is Nick Nelson because I think he's going to be able to play special teams. And I yep. think he's going to be a dynamite special teams player. And he's also really turning heads with his athletic ability that I don't necessarily think we saw a ton of. Um, at Wisconsin, like, I don't think anybody ever thought of him as a great athlete. I don't know why. But, um, you know, I th- those would be like three guys that would stand out. I- but there's a whole bunch of others that could potentially be that that as well.
1: Yeah, Scott Nelson. Um, I-, I believe uh, Nick Nelson, the-, the famous pun return against Michigan. Time. It's, it's understandable. Wisconsin safeties, Nick Nelson just got taken. I think he might still be on a practice squad, maybe in Las Vegas. Uh, I know he was at least last year, the year before I'm with you uh, on Chanel as the best. I'm not as sold on Bruss, though. I do think a move to guard will help him a lot. Similar to maybe what we're seeing with beach this year, though, still at Wisconsin. I, I think Sanborn is going to surprise some people. Jack Sanborn, if if he can land in a place um, that can he, that he can play his perfect role which is early down Mike linebacker think Devondre Campbell type guy, even though obviously not uh, to the level of Devondre Campbell. He was just an all pro, but a guy that can quarterback the defense. No, he, he had been calling signals for Wisconsin. He knows, he knows everything. He sets the fronts. Um, and then a guy that can also go and know he's not as fast as Scott Nelson. Um, or athletic as him, but can go play special teams. I feel like he's a guy that's going to hang around on a roster for a while, and then we're going to look up and say, "Oh, oh, look, Jack Sandboard still in the NFL."
0: Yeah, I I think he's a player, and he's certainly I got tested just fine. Like I, I think there may be a concern there with him t- tested just fine. And he's getting and he's probably going to end up being de- definitely a day three pick. I don't know if it's going to be the sixth or seventh round, but. It's uh, he's going to go. They're going to have four guys go, right? I think they. I think we can. Do you, th- do you agree with that, or is it going to be? Um, less I would or throw more a fifth. I think you, well, okay. So I'm I'm going with I'm going with Leo Chanel. Yep. Go with Logan Bruss. Go with Jake Ferguson, and I'm going with uh, Jack Samborn. Is the fifth
1: Nick Nelson? I'm not Nick Nelson. I did it again. <laughs> Scott Nelson. Um. Well, the fifth is Jack Cohn. Or do you have another one? The fifth is Jack Cohen. If you count him, but Matt Henningson.
0: I think oh, Matt right. Henningson
1: is probably a perfect seventh-ish round pick, where he, he's a guy that can come in and not need to go play right away, but he could develop into a semi-regular three-four defensive end like we saw at Wisconsin, or a four-three defensive tackle. I mean, he's a crazy athlete. He showed to be great against the run. I, teams value that.
0: Yeah, I'm. Sh- I uh, that's my bad. I that's that's another one that I when I was. Doing our review of spring practice, and I was thinking about the defensive line and how like it could. There's, you know, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be better than last year. Matt Henningson was one of the more underrated players I think Wisconsin's had in quite some time. Oh, because it. you just, you know what I mean. Like it wasn't that he jumped out all the time and made all these big plays, even though he did have his share. It, it's just he was always there and he always did what he was supposed to do, and it allowed everybody else. He's to make plays around him, but he is. You're right. He's super athletic. He. I mean his his numbers compared to some of the other guys that from the combine, like he was he was off the charts. Uh, you know, explosion number wise. So I yeah. I mean I, I we totally underrated what he meant to this Wisconsin defense, and I I put myself at the at the head of that. But I think he's gonna he. I think he's going to make a team. I'll say that.
1: Yeah. I don't know if he's getting
0: drafted, but I think he's making a team.
1: I would say underrated both say by people around the big 10, when they talked about Wisconsin, also by the fans. I mean, when all of us looked at, at the defense, we thought about Nick Herbig. We thought about the linebackers. We thought about Benton, but Matt Henningsen. Yeah, you're right. He flew under that radar. I, I guess I would, I would put my name out and say he's going to get drafted uh, just because of how far he's risen. Uh, especially with how he tested, but I could see a situation where he doesn't and ends up making a team. Um I mentioned Jack Cohn, he's gonna be a backup quarterback for fifteen years. Uh further than no, that <laughs> um for, further than that I think Scott Nelson. I, I would say As long as he doesn't have to
0: as long as he doesn't have to play he'll be a backup quarterback for fifteen years.
1: Well I mean Chase Daniel Good. hasn't taken a snap hey, in how
0: long. Hey there is a uh I mean you think about the guys that backed up Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. Uh, Jim Sorge, big fan of Jim Sorgi's quarterback. This is not a, a knock on him at all as a quarterback, but if he ever actually had to play outside of, like, week 15 and 16 over the season, uh, when the Colts had already clinched home field advantage, um, there may have been a bit of a problem for him, but he never Osh. had to. And he had a career, a really long career, both backing up him, and then he went to uh, New York and backed up Eli for a little bit. So, yeah, I mean... I, I'm not saying that Jack Cohn's not a good player, not a good quarterback. I think he is. I just think uh, you like him a little bit too much.
1: Um, There is a stat in an article I read recently that I'm going to talk about when we come back. And then we're going to get into other guys that may make rosters, uh, (laughs) that may have a shot, an outside shot of going undrafted and making a roster. But there is an article I need to talk about when we come back uh, that had Cohn rated at an interesting spot. I guess I'll put it that way. Uh, in the quarterback hierarchy heading into this draft. That is coming up next on Kenny and Halprin. This is Kenny and Halpern on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Back NFL draft coming up in about 17 minutes. Again, Bill Michaels draft show immediately following this at seven o'clock. We're taking you to midnight uh, reacting to the draft, hearing it live. Uh, Zach, I mentioned going into break and I guess we could do this as a little uh, quick uh, question and answer Uh, ranking the quarterback prospects in the 2022 draft based on a college football performance formula. Uh, It goes through Various metrics, including red zone performance, third and long uh, performances against top 50 SP plus defenses. And Zach, I'm sure you have seen this article, but do you know who it ranked as the number one quarterback in this draft class?
0: Why don't you go ahead and tell us? It's Jack Cohn.
1: Jack Cone. Of course it was. (laughs) (laughs) You're rolling your eyes. So I think it's. I'm smiling. I think you can't see it, but you can feel it. Yeah. Oh, I could feel it. But I think this is funny. I don't really think it means anything, but I read it and I I audibly laughed.
0: Yeah. Some of the guys with higher scores than Jack Cohn, Logan Woodside, uh, all time, all time. Not this year. Not important. Logan Woodside, Logan Woodside, Mitch Trubisky, Johnny Manziel, Mitch Trubisky won a playoff game. Dwayne has. The late Joanne Haskins,
1: uh, Tua. I mean, they, 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 list yeah. of people ranked below so Jack like, I mean, Cohn: Mac Jones, Blake Bortles. Bortles, two playoff games. Jake Fromm, he just sucks. Barely. Yeah, you know, he's uh, below Jack uh, uh,
0: Patrick Mahomes, just a shade above Jack Cohn. Many are so. asking:
1: Could could he be the next Patrick Mahomes? I mean, uh,
0: <laughs> many, are, many are putting them in the same exact category based on this um based based on this formula. Yeah. So, uh, good job Tom Fornelli
1: from CBS Sports. Uh, I I joke. Um but I am excited to see him play in the NFL for 15 years. When the Packers trade Jordan Love tonight, which I hope and think they will, <laughs> I all like a backup quarterback 6th 7th round, tell me that's not a fit that makes sense.
0: You actually think they're going to draft? You actually think that they're going to trade Jordan Love tonight?
1: Uh, I want them to and I'm I am i am talking myself into them doing it. I don't think realistically they will, but because I want them to, I have then talked myself into it happening. That's how these things work. Uh, I hear that I hear someone saying that it's like a 60/40 chance of happening. Uh yes, uh, that was said
0: today. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Put me with the forty, and I'm I'd be I'd be happy to be wrong. Yes, yeah. um, I don't think Jordan loves the next answer. Uh, look, we're talking batters. Sorry, yeah. Um, Jack so- Cone, Jack Cone in the Jack Cone the green and gold. Oh, I don't see it. I don't see it. But it'd be it'd be fascinating. He could carry get the cones back in Wisconsin. Get the cones back in Wisconsin, which I'm sure they would love. Yeah,
1: carry a mean clipboard. Um, so finishing this. Uh, other, do you think there's any others talked about Henningson? You mentioned Scott Nelson. I think Scott Nelson, talk about undrafted free agents, I think he would be a great addition by the Packers. You're looking at what the Packers could do after the draft, someone that can come in and help the the long-term safety depth. He's not really going to get on the field with any of your defenses, but a guy that can come in and contribute on special teams from day one, maybe better than the guys did last year that were on the depth chart. I think that makes a lot of sense. Undrafted free agent, bring him in, see what he has.
0: Yeah, but he's got to play too. Like, like this isn't. He's got to be able to do something other than just play special teams. You know what I mean? He, you have to be able to count on him as a safety. And I don't. And look, they need help on special teams. There's, there's no doubt about that. I wouldn't necessarily be taking guys from Wisconsin special teams to help with that. But true. um, You know, uh, that was that was a cheap shot. That's my bad. I mean, it's valid. I apologize.
1: It's a little valid.
0: I apologize. I apologize, but. Yeah, I mean, he, players you he actually have to play too. Like this isn't like uh, high school or college guys that you have. You know, one hundred and five guys on a roster, and you can play. You know, the, the guys that are used on special teams, you don't necessarily need to use them uh, to play defense. Uh, if you are making the team, if you are making a fifty-three man roster, you need to actually be able to play. And I think Scott, um, I think Scott's going to make a. I think Scott's going to make a roster somewhere. I I don't necessarily think it's probably a
1: great fit in Green Bay. I see that. Um, the, the other guy we haven't really mentioned, but hey, he's been tossed out there. Jake Ferguson. I mean, in, a, in an era of looking for the next mismatch and the next slot tight end, if you will, the next wide receiver turn tight end, that'll be a mismatch for linebackers. I mean, he is one of the best inline blocking tight ends in the class because he's one of the only a lot of the top tight end prospects are, hey, this guy's a project in a couple years. He could be a real weapon in the pass game. Jake Ferguson did it all at Wisconsin. I I think I think he'll find a role. I don't know if I'm crazy for thinking. I I, I think he'll have a better NFL career than Troy Fumagalli.
0: Well, I mean, Troy dealt with injuries, you know, almost from the get-go. So right. you would hope that Jake is able to stay healthy and actually able to show out exactly what he is and who he is as a player. But I, would you say I, I I mean, I think both of them had very good college careers. I'd probably say that Troy had. I mean, he was he was a two year starter, three three year starter. Jake was a four year starter, so he put up a little bit better numbers. But uh, if you were to say who the better tight end was, I might have to go with Troy. Just it's close a little bit over Jake. It's close, uh, but I think Jake will have a better career than than Troy for sure uh, because I think he's going to stay healthy and I think he's going to get an opportunity to uh, to show what he's got. So I mean, I don't know. It's it, it's I mean you could toss-up. It's a toss-up between the two, I think, as to who was a better player in college, but um, if Jake stays healthy, he's going to have a better career than, than Troy. And Troy's not necessarily done. <laughs> it's just he's, uh, I think he's kind of running, oppor- running out of opportunities.
1: Um, the last thing I want to run by you, and this is something I was looking at after Wisconsin's Pro Day. TJ Edwards, when he was coming out, how oh, much, boy. How much? what do you mean oh boy? I. This is all I'm saying with, <laughs> with this comp. Jack Sanborn, has a chance to be TJ Edwards, but a little more athletic. I don't yep. think that's a crazy thing Did to you say. you your
0: numbers? Before? Yeah. Yeah, did you update your numbers the last time we talked about this? Uh, no, but still,
1: it's it's the okay. same idea. Right. I'm not I, I'm not listing all the numbers and saying this is why. I it, that's part of it. He's a little more athletic. T.J. Edwards is a, he just yeah. started in Philadelphia. He had a hundred. He had a lot of tackles. I don't want to say a hundred because I could be wrong, but he had a lot of tackles. He led the team in tackles. I'm pretty sure he found a role. He found a starting role. That's a guy that knows a defense, can quarterback a defense. Sanborn can probably run a little better than Edwards can. I don't see why Sanborn can't carve out a similar role than he did.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing about with Jack is he's going to get drafted. Uh, and had T.J. run like Jack, I think he probably got drafted. You know what I mean? Like if he had put up somewhat similar numbers to him uh, in their testing, he probably does get drafted. There's no reason that T.J. Edwards should have gone undrafted. That was a joke. And there have been some jokes uh, that have that have happened with some of these Wisconsin defensive players, like what, how, why there's absolutely no reason for it. And, um, you know, TJ is at the top of that. And I don't think teams are going to make the same mistake with Jack. I think Jack's going to get drafted and he's going to, he's going to carve out a really, really
1: nice career. And you are probably right. Like he, could he be a TJ Edwards type of player for sure? TJ Edwards, but a little faster, uh, not the most reliable in coverage, though. I will note that, uh, in 2020, I go back to this play, but he he stuck uh, Moe Ibrahim coming out of the backfield on a wheel route once, and made me think that he can cover running backs because of that. But I don't know. Jack did. Uh, Jack Sanborn did. Yes.
0: Right, I,
1: okay. Right. I, I say that semi-jokingly. I mean, TJ, but he did it. Tj was yeah. Tj wasn't asked to do a
0: ton of coverage in college. Like it was mostly zone. Uh, like just drops right and he had like but he had his great hands he had a couple of just insane interceptions during his time at wisconsin yeah um but yeah wasn't asked to wasn't asked to trail guys down the field type of stuff
1: yeah and he's he's a playmaker in philly now isn't asked to cover because i mean against some of the running backs okay. some of the tight ends you face in the nfl now i mean you have to be ridiculous to go out and cover them uh any other guys quickly before we hit break that you think could make a roster Talking down the line of Fayon Hicks, Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, Seltzner, Colin Wilder, those guys. Caesar Williams, um, John maybe Chanel with, Maybe would throw. Last.
0: I, I'm, yeah, I maybe. Well, John Chanel, obviously, fullbacks. There's very few of them in the NFL. There's very few teams that are doing that. Uh, Seltzner was an All Big Ten type of guy. Was a, was an All American type of guy. So I think maybe he's got an outside chance uh, of making a team. But the other ones. I think a lot of them are going to have a chance perhaps whether it's a rookie mini camp to like a tryout type of thing uh, or get signed as undrafted free agents to, to make a roster. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah. I think Chanel probably has, has the best chance of them. Um, Fayon Hicks. I, I kind of liked wild goose coming out more when, as a prospect in the, in the, for the NFL, at least, of course, yeah. uh, then Hicks. And then in terms of prior and Davis, I mean, what did, what did Davis run or was it prior Pryor ran a four, three, eight, he has the yep. speed, but I don't know. I, I don't think there was enough there in terms of tape and receiving for him to really uh, catch on and, and find a role. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see going forward. All right, we're going to step away, take a quick break. We're wrapping it up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Kenny and Heilprin, we're back. We're out of here in a few. NFL draft in a couple minutes. Zach, do you have any burning burning takes or burning thoughts to get off your chest before the draft this weekend? Uh,
0: burning thoughts. Non-Wisconsin related, is that what we're doing here? Uh, I will say this. I think uh, Jordan Love is still a Packer at the end of the night. I think the Packers have at least one new wide receiver. And I think that they actually only make... One pick tonight. I think they trade back that that twenty eight pick is trade back. They trade up, they trade up on twenty two and trade back in twenty
1: eight. Oh, you got to be kidding me! If that's what. It, this is not about you. Zach. What? Shams just tweeted? He's Shams is doing the whole thing of ruining the draft, and I'm not even going to say what he tweeted. But he's starting to just tweet out the picks maybe twenty minutes before they're actually tweeted. What a joke! Well, sorry for the interruption.
0: No, it's fine. It's I mean, everyone's been talking about. Uh, Trayvon Walker yes. being the number one pick, he's been the he's been the guy, hasn't he? I mean, he's he's been the guy like the all the odds have been going his favor and everything like that. I mean, that's it. I don't think like that's a that's a huge shocker. Now if he continues to do this all night, that might be a problem.
1: Um, my burning draft take, and I'm I will, okay with it though. Yeah, I uh, uh, I'm not. I kind of like the the surprise of it, but I guess I should turn off notifications for that. I don't know why I have them on. Mm. Um, my my final 100%. thought. And, Zach, I'm going to cut this and clip this. I think Jack Cohen has a longer NFL career than Kenny Pickett.
0: You're going to, have to, want, to, you're going to want to hold on to that one. Oh, I'm and going to hold tweet on to it that out, one. When you tweet it out, I'll, I'll make sure to bookmark it. And uh, that's a possibility. Look, Kenny, Kenny Pickett's going to have the smallest hands of any quarterback in, ever. I know. Ever. I don't necessarily think that makes a quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, his hands are bigger than a lot of things. Uh, there's a website you can go and look at. Oh, I did which, look which at it. Um, you, his hands are... Yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, but... His, his hands yeah. are not bigger than my is, hands, though.
1: And you are pushing buttons on a board. Uh, yes. He's going to be played in the NFL. Yes. Uh, for not as long as Jack Cone, though. I'm going to tweet it out now. If you want to bookmark it, <laughs> you can. All right. That's a, that's a big
0: one. And uh, people are going to be pointing towards Old Takes Exposed for that one, too.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Honestly, it'd be an honor. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for us. Bill Michaels NFL draft show starting up here in about a minute. The draft starts in a minute as well. We'll see where the former Wisconsin Badgers go. And I mean, now we're. We're pretty much on to the summer. We're on to uh, mindless speculation until Wisconsin takes the field. For Zach and Green Bay, for myself here in the studio, see ya. Kenny and Heilprin, Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportzone.com.